Well, greetings, everyone. Good afternoon, and uh, welcome to another presentation of the Spring Colloquia brought to you by your School of Library and Information Science at San Jose State University. I am Dr. Anthony Bernier, and along with Dale David, our technical engineer, uh, we are producing this series of presentations as part of our school's mission to be recognized as a leader in graduate education in library and information science, as well as to better connect our faculty with students and the broader LIS community. Before we welcome Dr. Liu uh, to tell us about her Fulbright trip to Montevideo, Uruguay uh, that happened last November, please allow me a few commercial messages. Um, you will find new colloquia presentations on the SLIS website at least every other week throughout the term, where you will also find a webcast archive of all of our previous presentations on the SLIS homepage at slisweb.sjsu.edu. Uh, we also offer our colloquia as free podcasts, and one can either subscribe to the colloquia RSS feed or visit the SJSU SLIS portal on the iTunes Music Store. Details can be found on the colloquia page. I'd also like to invite you to visit uh, SLIS 21, the school-wide blog maintained by our Associate Director, Dr. Linda Main, on the school's homepage as well. SLIS 21 concentrates on school administration and development, and you, are in, um, you can even uh, suggest new classes for us to consider. And finally, I'm pleased to call your attention to the school's most recent innovation, SLIS Life, our brand new social networking site connecting our community of students, faculty, staff, and alumni. SLIS Life is building a place where you will find, for instance, searchable profiles, messages, blogs, people with similar professional interests as you, people who live in a geographic area near you, alumni who want to connect with current students. You'll find a link to SLIS Life on the header of our SLIS homepage. Today it's my pleasure to call a special attention to one of our outstanding and truly distinguished part-time faculty here at SLIS. Dr. Mengchong Liu is an engineering librarian at San Jose State University. She earned her MLS from the University of Denver and her PhD in Library and Information Studies from the University of Michigan. Her teaching and research efforts have focused on information-seeking behavior, reference and instructional services, and digital libraries. She has published numerous research articles in scholarly journals, conference proceedings, and book chapters. Her articles on information-seeking behavior are frequently cited by researchers and scholars, and indeed my own students in Information and Society course this term are reading Dr. Liu's work. An active speaker at national and international professional conferences, Dr. Liu was, for instance, invited to lecture on digital libraries and reference services in digital environment at the National Library of China in Beijing. In addition to teaching and research, she has, actively, she has been actively involved in professional organizations, serving, for instance, on the ALA Spectrum Scholarship Steering Committee and as former president of the Chinese American Library Association. She is also a recent recipient of the Fulbright Senior Specialist Award and has agreed to share with us her thoughts today and her insights on completing her excursion to Montevideo. So on behalf of the SLIS faculty, please join with me in welcoming Dr. Minxiang Liu. Hello, everybody. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my Fulbright experience in Uruguay. Most people know what Fulbright is. It's an um, exchange scholars program. 
and um, it's established after World War II. And it's both ways. Uh, Fulbright sent U.S. scholars to abroad and also sponsored foreign scholars to study and to do research in the United States. Now, this is the uh, Fulbright website. Lots of information are there. For U.S. scholars, Fulbright has five programs. Well, actually, most people know best for the first one, traditional scholars program. And very few people know, or the, it's new though, the senior specialist program. Of course, there's more, more specific targeted um, programs as well. And I received the senior specialist award for my trip to, um, to Uruguay. Now, the traditional scholars program is more likely you spend six months or to a year or longer in another country. You uh, teach or do your research project. And the country is what you applied. You go through the Fulbright programs list to see which country requires your expertise, and you apply for that country. And more often or not, uh, the language skill is required. You know, you need to speak that language. But for a newer program, senior specialist program, it's a shorter term. The country is assigned instead of applied. And usually you apply for it, and you become a, a senior specialist on Fulbright's roster. They call it a roster. And your name is on it, and they match, you know, which country may need your expertise. And they ask you whether you want to go there, and then they assign you there. And my case is when they ask me if I want to go to Uruguay, Although I know nothing about that country, I said yes. <laughs> uh, just a little statistics about Fulbrighters. Um, 300,000 Fulbrighters since uh, 1946. 35 recipients of a Nobel Prize, 60 Pulitzer Prizes, and many other distinguished uh, awards. How to apply? Of course, you go to the website. You do online application. Eligibilities include a PhD, pro, uh, PhD degree or a terminal degree in your field. Application materials, of course, curriculum beta, you know, uh, experience and uh, references, and your personal uh, statements. And Fulbright. A senior specialist program has two tiers of spring uh, progress. First, you apply to be listed on their roster. Secondly, after they match you with a country and they send your information to the host country, and the people in that country will review your experience. You know, there are may maybe a few candidates, and they pick you, pick one up. And so my country assigned is Uruguay, and before I went there, I knew very little about it. I only know, all I know, it's a very small country somewhere in the world, well, maybe in South America. And the other thing I knew was that 
uh, I know the name of that country because I knew this was the very first foreign soccer team visited China when I was in China after Cultural Revolution. And that's all I knew. And I didn't even know how to pronounce the country's name correctly, whether it's Uruguay or Uruguay or Uruguay. But now I know. <laughs> uh, actually, now just, you know, for your information, the correct pronunciation is either Uruguay or Uruguay. Uh, Uruguay is more European people pronounce it as a Uruguay in English, I would say. But in Spanish, you pronounce it as Uruguay. So when I was in Uruguay, most people who, you know, meet me or, you know, I visited, they pronounce it as Uruguay. So I adopt Uruguay when I <laughs> speak along. The flag of Uruguay, uh, very similar to Argentina now, I noticed. That actually, the Argentina flag, the sun is in the center because these are two very close by country and they uh, uh, receive lots of influence from uh, uh, Argentina. This is where Uruguay is located is South America. It's between Brazil and Argentina, a tiny, tiny little country. And this is the map of Uruguay. And this is Montevideo over there, which is the capital of the city. And that's where I spent most of my time. Compared with other South America countries, Uruguay is the smallest Spanish-speaking country. Called the smallest Spanish-speaking country is because actually it's the second smallest country in South America. The smallest country is Dutch Guiana, but it doesn't speak Spanish. It speaks Dutch. <laughs> so that's why the smallest Spanish-speaking country. Very high literacy rate, 96%. Very safe society. Very little crime. And the reason is because the least discrepancy between the wealth and the poverty. Uh, a big population are middle class, well educated. It's a beautiful country, very friendly people. It's just some pictures, you know, uh, for your pleasure. That's the, um, Mon the center of Montevideo, downtown Montevideo, uh, Independence Square. Uh, this is um, General Artigas, the national hero of Uruguay. More pictures of a downtown, very beautiful, very Europeanized, uh, with very old you know, buildings, beautiful fountains everywhere. Famous theater, Teatro Solis, uh, holds many high-level concerts. Um, it has operas, you know, um, symphony, orchestra, my husband actually, my husband went with me and he uh, went to one of the concerts. I didn't have time, of course, for my work. 
And he said, well, he just admires that um, uh, symphony orchestra. They played uh, Tchaikovsky's number one piano concerto there. And so, and also it's for, it's just recently renovated, very beautiful. You can visit there. So I went to visit and um, even took some tango lesson. Can you believe it? <laughs> Another picture, <clears throat> wonderful buildings, magnificent buildings surround the uh, Independence Square. Very unique building. See this old, old building and with the four towers around and at the top. And very beautiful architecture. So talk about my Fulbright assignments. These are my assignments. Well, my Fulbright Awards is only for two weeks. I have to finish all those in two weeks. Can you believe that? Uh, information literacy, uh, library resources kind of evaluation, system evaluation, recommend uh, their information library science program. Um, so actually the base, two major hosts of my visit were British schools and CLI. I will explain what CLI is a little later. Um, so that's my assignment. So my activities include, of course, sites visits, meet with teaching faculty, librarians, students, administrators, the Fulbrighter officers, so on and so forth. And I make presentations, and I do discussions with students, faculty, and hold meetings with administrators uh, to do some you know, proposals and recommendations. I basically made two major uh, presentations on these topics information literacy, uh, library technology plan, and the current trends in education for digital librarianship. Some pictures while I was doing my presentation. This is the British School, and this is the CLI. CLI is a private research institution and it's basically a sociology, uh, economic uh, research institution. It's spelled as a, you know, C-L-A-E-H because it's Spanish. So in Spanish, it's Centro Latinoamericano uh, de economic, Economia <laughs> Humana. Okay, so this is actually their 50th anniversary. When I was there, they, are, they were celebrating their 50th anniversary. This is the picture after I did my presentation. So just talk a little bit about education in Uruguay. I believe, you know, people would be interested how education is in Uruguay. And now notice the primary education, secondary education actually are free, secular, compulsory. And um, they spend the, the highest per capita expenditure for education among all the Latin American countries. 
So that's why their literacy rate is very high. There is only one public university, Universidad de Republica, the only university and it's tuition free, okay? There are also uh, five private universities. Private universities are quite new in Uruguay. It's just a recent new products. They are getting more because they feel one public university is not enough. So anybody who gets a high school degree can enter Universidad de la República. Our tuition is free. But then uh, one trend is that, you know, the, the popular trend is most people like to study law, medicine, those are more popular areas, uh, but shortage in other areas. But now recently there are increasing number of people studying computer science. As a matter of fact, there have so many excellent computer scientists there in Uruguay, believe it or not, now, India is outsourcing to Uruguay. Yeah, many Uruguay young people, computer scientists, computer engineers, are doing those outsourcing works. And because there's a one advantage is the time difference within the US and Uruguay is not too big. It's five hours time difference. Whereas India, you have uh, more than 10 time difference. So uh, more and more people uh, are majoring computer science and they relatively get a good uh, pay. So attract lots of people. And that's why it's very potential for Uruguay to develop their um, technology and they're advancing very fast. Um, their teaching quality is very high, although you know they have very limited resources. So I admire their professors, their teachers, with very limited equipment. They have to do their teaching, and they devote it to their teaching and do a high education, very good education. And now um, the Uruguayan, uh, Uruguayan government has committed to a program. Actually, it's a UNESCO-initiated program one laptop, one child. One child, one laptop. That means because they feel, you know, each child has a right to get the information. And that's why each child should have a laptop, access to the global information with the internet website. And because it's a small country, it's kind of easier to to complete that project, and the government has committed the money to make it realized. So we we'll believe in sooner or later, uh, there will be one child, one laptop, uh, one, one spelling, I just <laughs> noticed. One child, one laptop. Um, so that's why information literacy becomes even more important in Uruguay. When each child gets a laptop and they get information anywhere, they need to know how to evaluate. So I emphasize that point to those people. Basically, the, the high school and the university offers two degrees. If you're a high school graduate, they call it. They have a degree, not like us, we don't have a degree for high school grad. They call it 
bachillerato. And so anybody get a bachillerato, you can go to the university. After you graduated from the university, you get the licenciatura. So when I was first there, I, I saw many people with a uh, initial lick in front of their name. What is this? I thought, oh, what is this? I thought, oh, then I asked them. So anybody with an undergraduate degree is a lick, licenciatura. And so then I could be licenciatura, Ming Xiong Liu. This is a picture of Universidad de la República. This is their, um, it's a, in the old building, very beautiful Maxim building, although they need renovation, it's kind of old, but they have uh, limited resources to, to you know, uh, renovate it, but it's still good to use. I also visited the libraries. Um, the libraries there, actually, Uruguay has a very good library system. There are only, I thought, is there something missing? I thought I, oh, I showed you, yes, earlier. The population is only 3.3 million, but they have 158 public libraries. Um, and there are also more university libraries, I mean, department libraries, but they don't have an exact number for me. Uh, there are also uh, school libraries. And there is only one Uruguay Library Association with some 300 uh, membership. Um, the problem with the uh, Uruguay libraries is that they, they are more like very independent. There are no, actually virtually no national policy for the library in Uruguay. Although there is a library association, it's not in a status that can implement a nationwide policy yet. So currently the public library is really run by the different departments, they call it, just like our province or state. There are 19 departments in Uruguay, that means 19 provinces. So each province has some libraries and they follow the policy of that particular department. So that's why the libraries don't have a really very unified kind of policy. And then university and departments libraries, I mean the university departments, like say law library, medical library, um, they also on their own. Because of the very limited resources, um, they can only, you know, their automation, library automation is not very good yet, but they are uh, making an effort to improve that. By the way, actually at the beginning of the 20th century, Uruguay was a very rich country, just like Argentina. At that time, South American countries were very rich. Um, that's why they could build so many magnificent buildings and so on and so forth. But then gradually their economy went down, especially, you know, Uruguay went through a military dictatorship. At that time they had a very hard time. But now it's a republic. 
Uh, but then the government have very limited resources since it's a very small country. And so um, the libraries, although they have uh, very dedicated librarians, well-educated people, they don't have the money to buy what's called the ready-made software system, like we always you know, purchase those uh, ready, <laughs> either the, um, the turnkey system, what we call it. So they can only use their per, uh, human power to develop their own system. They write their programs, and they use those uh, open, um, open access software uh, to develop their library system. Uh, and they use different software, free software, to do so. One of them is called Winnesis. That's supported by UNESCO. And so they have a, a very difficult time to do, to, you know, to really to integrate their library. Right now, it's a segment by segment automation. So I visited so many libraries, CLIA Library, the private research institution library, British School Library, that's a, a set, actually that's the K through 12 school. It's bilingual uh, school. And then the Library of the Parliament, equivalent to Library of Congress. They also have a national library and the University of Republic libraries. University of Montevideo is a private university. Also, I was invited to visit U.S. Embassy, visited their information uh, resources, and the Center of Public Affairs office. I can tell you, um, when we plan to go to U.S. Embassy, well, unfortunately, I forgot to bring my uh, passport. And my, the Fulbrighter officer says, well, let's try. If you don't have a passport, maybe we can still go in. But I said, no, because I realized security is so important, right, lately. Well, without any legitimate, you know, identification, you have no way to get into anywhere, especially into U.S. Embassy. And I was correct. I insisted I, insisted I go back to the hotel to get my passport. I did so and went there. Guess what? So many security points in just one building. Three security points. You have to put everything out, everything out, check everything. I can leave all, I have to leave all my purse and everything behind. Nothing but myself <laughs> going to that building. And that's a cement building. Cement, very kind of solid cement building there. All right. Anyway, so I visited the U.S. Embassy and uh, talked with the uh, officer of the public affairs, which oversees the Fulbrighters. And uh, that's the uh, um, palace of uh, parliamentary. Okay, it's a very beautiful building, and uh, the library of uh, parliamentary is located inside. Some pictures inside, very beautiful. This is the library, Library of the Parliament. Look very similar to our Library of Congress some, somehow, I think. Very, um, you know. And they are 
librarians, what they call it also, information specialist. Um, because like in the United States, Library of Congress is almost equivalent to a national library. But in Uruguay, the Library of Congress, they are also national library. Oh, this is the law library in the university. See, still, you know, like the one I saw in the movie, uh, the, the, My Fair Lady, there's <laughs> the library like that, second floor, and, and you have to use, a, you know, stairs to, you know, letters to go up to get the, the books. But it's very nice. And this is the outside of the National Library. And by the way, if you go into the National Library, you like going to uh, maybe an old library 50 years ago. Um, it's still manually. Um, there are card catalogs. And the readers have to check the card catalog and make a request at the desk. And the librarians, it's a closed stack also. And the uh, librarian takes the request to go to the stacks, get the book, and to you. And so that's the way, but they say um, they're trying to change that, but the money is not available. And so, but of course, they tried every, uh, their best to, to, to automate it. Talk a little bit about the library school I visited. That's the only, only library, pro library science program in Uruguay. It only offers the undergraduate degree, no graduate degree, okay. And um, nowadays they have a, it's a quite big program. 654 active students. They have two programs, one in librarianship, the other in archive. They only graduate that many students. It is because it's a four-year program. It's a, remember, it's undergraduate. It's not a system very different. Um, it takes them five to six years to, to graduate. Basically four years of coursework, so it's not just library science coursework. Include many other subjects, like, like our GE courses they have to take. And during the last two years, um, they basically focus on their research project. They need to finish a research project and write their thesis. But they are licenciatura. They are not master. They have 40-some professors plus teaching assistants. So in fact, actually, I talked with another Fulbrighter who happens was in the Uruguay as well, Peter Wynn. He is a historian, actually. He knows a lot about Uruguay because he was there before, spent a lot of time studying Uruguay uh, history. So I asked him about licenciatura. I said, as an undergraduate, um, you know, how their education you know, system works. And he actually explains to me a licenciatura is almost a master's degree, like us. Um, because it has to, you, of course, you finish all the basic university courses. In addition, you are working on your library and information science coursework, do research, write a thesis. So although it's still kind of an undergraduate degree, but it's almost a master's degree. That's what he explained to me. 
And the same case with other uh, subjects, like say he says, if somebody is studying economy as an undergraduate, he is, is very specialized. He's very, you know, uh, know a lot about economy, just like a master's student. So I kind of get some idea from there. And CLAE, the Centro for Latin Americano Economy Humana, is a private research institution. And it's the largest private research institution in Uruguay. It's very, have very high uh, reputation, especially it played an important role when it was in the military di dictatorship. It uh, promotes uh, human rights, you know, promote um, and so nowadays, in addition to its research uh, assignments, it's also now lately, it opens up some um, graduate course for people who want to get a kind of a, a higher degree in addition to their licenciatura. And so now lately, actually, a newer program is their postgraduate program in management in digital documentation. And they want me to look over their curriculum, you know, give some suggestions. And basically, I think they are doing very well because they have a very strong computer science uh, professors as well as the library and information um, professors. Although the country, its own, does not offer a PhD in uh, many uh, fields like library and information science, but their professors mostly got their PhD degree in other countries like Argentina, Mexico, some, you know, maybe even in United States or in UK. So uh, their education quality is quite high. And the publications, I mean, the research products as the publications, CLI. Uh, is the largest publisher almost in the social science in uh, Uruguay. Now, British schools, actually, there are American schools, German schools, you know, other schools. Uh, these are private schools, okay? So you have to pay for that. And education quality is relatively higher, and because it's a bilingual, education program. And it's, uh, it has its own bilingual program, but also along with Uruguay national uh, program. And British schools is very uh, active in information literacy. And so they want you know, some of my advice on their information literacy. And that's the British school's library and their librarians with their kids. At the end of my visit in Uruguay, I was interviewed by the biggest newspaper in Uruguay, El País. And this interview article was published in their monthly um, magazine issue of December. But it's in Spanish. Aside of my, from my uh, professional experience, I also had a good time sightseeing a little bit. This is the well-known uh, beach uh, city, uh, Ponta del Este. 
It's east of Montevideo, very beautiful, the seaside. Um, so I got a chance to visit there. And I also enjoyed the Uruguay food. They have the best steak in the world. And that's the poster in the restaurants. You can point to which part of the beef you want to take. And I learned that Lomo, number eight, is the best part. Now I know how to eat steak. They also have very good fish. In seafood restaurant, they have this poster you can point out. So if you don't know Spanish, you can still do so, you know, to point your, get your food. And aside, in addition, I even took a tango lesson. Learned a little bit, tango. So, thank you for your attention, and I leave some time for your question and answer. Basically, for the libraries, you know, I recommend it to, um, to target to an integrated library system because right now it's segment by segment. Uh, in a library of uh, parliamentary, they have a um, system for cataloging, a system for circulation, and they're separate, and they are not integrated. And that's the, the most important thing I think you need to do is to integrate the whole library system. And in addition to that, they need to integrate all the libraries in, the, in a one big system, of course, uh, with the um, available money in the future. They may be able to do that. But I was very impressed of their uh, librarians who knows a lot about technology and um, they know the software programs and so they make best use of their open, soft, open access software. And so that's one of my um, recommendation to integrate uh, their library systems. And then um, for the, um, for the graduate, graduate programs, and they have a very good programs basically. Uh, they have a very strong tech, technical uh, courses. Uh, but I feel maybe a little bit uh, weak is in their um, human communication, say, maybe a little in the reference, in the, I mean the soft side. The high, hard science part is very good, but the soft side is like the uh, information uh, seeking behavior of the people. Um, so I say maybe, you know, they, they should be uh, emphasized more on that part. Um, and for the information literacy program, uh, it's not very popular yet in, um, in Uruguay on the whole. Although British school is, is a pioneer in information literacy. But they, they kind of, they are using the big six. But they kind of use it like as one shot, just one shot. Okay, so they asked me why they didn't see very effective results from Big Six. And I said, but, so I checked with them and what I saw was that they only did one shot, maybe one class and a one question and a one test. 
and the result was not very satisfactory. And so my recommendation is to do it more consistently, systematically, and continuously, maybe for all the grades, not just for one class or one grade. And so that's basically what. Uh, oh, also, I just um, I showed lots of uh, best practices in the United States in my pre presentation. I give lot, lots of examples, give them the models that they can follow. And that's why you will notice SLIST website was, have been visited so frequently lately after my visit. <laughs> Since November, guess what? There are 886 hits to the SLIST website up to now. Yeah, and because I guess, because actually I promoted SLIST program. I showed them SLIST um, website, all the good things that we have, the good newses we have lately, and so I believe they are very interested in it, and so they visited SLIST sites very often, as well as our um, King Library website as well. From my observation, many librarians get a degree from other countries, Brazil, Argentina, the most neighbor, neighboring countries. Um, and so they basically, just like us, if you want to become a librarian, you must have a licenciatura of the library science, otherwise you are staff. And so, um, so if a library doesn't have a librarian, they, they can only you know, have a library staff to run it. But what I saw, because in Montevideo, I don't see a shortage yet, uh, because many people, uh, they, um, they get the, uh, the graduates coming back from other, you know, they, they get their degree from other, other countries. So they are still uh, have, have the people to, uh, to work in the library. Although, you know, they, they, they hope to um, improve that because the, the library school itself is thinking about create a uh, master's program. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, there there is a traditional program, which is a longer-term program. They send a U.S. scholar, spend a longer time in other countries. But then that's a, they can only send so many U.S. scholars within the traditional program as a longer term. Then Fulbright feels there is a need to send more U.S. scholars to other countries, whereas bring more scholars from other countries to do two-way exchange. It's actually the Fulbrighters, uh, uh, the goal is to foster mutual understanding. Although two weeks is not really enough for a recommendation or evaluation, but your visit really promotes Uruguayan people's interest to United States and to understand people are having same feelings the academias have same goal. To, we do the same kind of research. We promote uh, uh, social welfare. We, we do a lot of things to promote world peace. 
and uh, I believe the uh, within the short program, special senior short, uh, senior special program, they can stand more people outside. Meanwhile, bring more people uh, here, and so the major purpose is not really on the purpose of uh, give a very valid recommendation. Although you can, you know, give some recommendation in your own opinion, but you bring your knowledge from U.S. Like I present lots of programs here, our information literacy programs, the best practices, um, to uh, like the tutorial we developed. I show them, and they never, never saw that. They think that's a great idea to do the online information literacy tutorial students so they saw that and I showed them a SLIS program they didn't really familiar with uh, SJSU before but now they are they know more about SJSU San Jose Silicon Valley California this li the King Library as well as the library school and so they have some resources to to look for like before they never visited our website now they know the URL and they know where to look for that information. I think this is the best results from my, uh, my visits to Uruguay. And actually we can check the uh, uh, Fulbright website to see the purpose of the senior specialist program. There is a purpose for a short, pro uh, for a short time, two weeks to six weeks only. The longest is a six week. But then you can apply again. Not like a traditional program, you cannot apply. There is this policy, I forgot. Maybe you cannot apply again, or you have to apply maybe after six or 10 years. But this short program, you can apply again. You know, you can go back to the same country, then that prolongs our visit, the, the results of my visit, I may visit there again, but maybe also I can visit another country and then like now I'm sharing my experience with you, now you know where is Uruguay, what's Uruguay people like, what city like, what's their education. Um, the mutual understanding is basically what Fulbright promotes. I'm not clear exactly how they allocate their money, but basically the countries the whole, on the whole, the government doesn't have much money, although they say they, you know, they actually it's the best, you know, they spend the, uh, among other South American countries, it spend the most in, the, you know, kind of education, but still it's not uh, enough. And their salary is not very high, as I know, and they have sometimes to do two or three jobs to make their ends meet. Um, and the resource is so limited that, you know, when I was doing my uh, presentation, you know, actually the, the day before uh, my presentation, I observed there, I went to their auditorium and I saw a new computer sits in the auditorium, okay, with the, you know, kind of a needed equipment there, so I didn't, worry. I thought, oh, it's okay. Tomorrow I will do a PowerPoint presentation and equipment is here. 
So I don't need to worry. I didn't even to ask, right? But second day, when I went into the auditorium, I was so nervous. I was so surprised because that computer disappeared totally. There's no computer at all. Everything like this thing is gone. Then I, I asked, what happened? Where's the computer? I need it to do my presentation. Sorry, that computer is being used in the class. So they have to move script around. But then eventually they find an old, old computer for me to use. Uh, that, that just shows, is one example to show how limited their resources were. But I believe, you know, their professionals are very dedicated. That I uh, feel very strongly. We have a very um, good discussion, although sometimes they have to say, sorry, I have to leave, I have to go to another job. Then, yeah, it, it's very hard on, those, on them, on those people. And so I actually I told them what I can do. Maybe you know after I come back, still keep communication with them. If they have any questions, they can send me email. And now in my email address, there are lots of dot uy, you know. And so I think we can still keep that uh, communication continue. And that's again that Fulbright wants us to do so.